Okay, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Good Bit Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us this week for another film chat. My name is Chris Moffat. This is Aaron Dockard. Aaron, welcome back. It's another film. It's another episode. It's another good bit. How are you? I am fine. Insert quirky Aaron's first line here. You, what do you mean insert? You're not feeling quirky funny I, today. I couldn't come up with it. I always try to say something more than, hi, I'm here. But uh, <laughs> d- didn't, didn't, didn't get one. So. Well, listen, when we when we called today, you were as quirky and funny as ever. So just because the listeners can't see it, I know it's true. Thanks very much. That's the most welcome. important thing. Talking You're about welcome. listeners, uh, we'll, uh, we'll just say off the bat here, if you are a listener and you enjoy this podcast and you listen every week, share the news. Share it with your friends. We're, uh, we've established a, a core group of listeners and we love you all. We want to hear yes. from you. But let's expand. Share it on Facebook, word of mouth. If you love this podcast, spread the news. Especially considering the fact we are now on a bit of a hot streak, doing episodes every Friday, talking about a different film every week. And I must say, I think we're doing quite well, keeping uh, variety up. Um, um, uh, yeah, I think this is the hottest streak we've ever had. <laughs> and we've ne- we've not even been in the same room. That's very true. There was a period in like 2017, 2018, where I was, where I was putting out an episode once every two weeks. Oh, I went golden, through the golden age. Maybe about six or between six and eight months, it was like a new episode with a new group of people That's a talking about a new film we saw in the cinema or, a, or a, a general topic every two weeks. And it was good. And I kept that flow going. I was like, I've got a week to record and another week to edit and stuff. And that was the whole thing. Now, this is so much better. A little extra, a little bit more extra work involved now, but I'm enjoying the consistency. Yeah. We don't get to go to the cinema, which is annoying, but soon. Yeah, soon. I mean, they're talking in a matter of months, but as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, it's not something I'm going to jump at immediately. Absolutely you know? not, no. You know, um, but it won't feel right for a very long time, I, yes. I feel. But but did you go to the cinema on. when it reopened back in the summer? No, I didn't. I didn't. No? Not out of a particular... I just didn't. I went a couple of times and, you know, it was like, you have to wear your mask unless you were eating or drinking. So people used that. You know, and we're like pulling the mask down constantly, swigging on their water or whatever. You know, see for me, um, that 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 makes no sense. Like, you may as well. No one wears masks. It's like on airplanes. It's like we when we went to we were on an airplane in September. Like, you wear a mask. Everyone has to wear a surgical blue mask. It's like okay, very good. And then the lunch trolley gets taken right. around and everyone takes a mask off for about 20 minutes it's like all that work undone what was the point yeah so some one point was i was going to make was some people had to on the full time some people never even bothered putting the mask on and no one oh. challenged you so I, I remember the first time i went back i saw the new mutants um and i was sitting there and i was like i don't know what's what's what to do i don't know whether to keep it off but on so i did a bit of both and you have to remember this was about july when mask wearing was still very much new and it looked as if you know, we were heading in the right direction. Yeah, there was yeah. hardly any cases in Scotland. So it was like, yeah, it's fine. I'll wear my mask if I need to, blah, blah, blah. And then as the next month came, August, then we were seeing Tenet, and I saw Back to the Future, which was great, in the cinema, and I saw Rocky, as I talked about. Then it was like, okay, I should probably wear this the full time. You know, but some people just weren't even, they would walk in. The people who would assign you to the screen and stuff, not even bothered. You know? I think that, that'll, that'll be a thing now. Like, you can't go... Anything that's open, I, I think they they seem to be stricter on if you go in with a mask, like that you're turned away if you don't have a mask. Yeah, 
I've that's seen that's that because it's the norm now. Yeah, probably like in um, Asia, like after SARS, um, it became a, a real thing. I don't know if it was after SARS, but they, it just became part of, you know, People if you go in the subway, wear, yeah. wear a mask because you may as well. I get that. What I like about it, though, is now that it's not going to be weird when we're doing it, because I 100% am now behind that. Like, when you're on a subway, for example, perfect example, stay away from me, you know what I mean? I, I get um, that. Yeah, absolutely. The tube, you know, I, 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 was, I actually had a conversation with someone in, oh, God, maybe September, October uh, 2019, about, because we were using the tube a lot, because we just moved properly we, we got the tube together in august 2019 right exactly it was around that time and i yeah. was having a conversation like i'm thinking i should maybe wear a mask on the tube because you're you're down there and i'm sardine with people and right. I, don't, I don't like it and i was more thinking like pollution and stuff yeah but also you know you don't want that you know germs yeah <laughs> you know when you don't need to like fair enough i never thought of that on in the cinema, and it's probably more likely you'd get stuff in the cinema, but I don't know. On the sub, on the uh, tube in London, now that masks will be socially acceptable, not weird. Yeah, I'm all for and that. Pe- people are scared of not looking cool and stuff like that, but it's like, come on. It's like your own health and safety and stuff, and other people's health and safety. But anyway, let's try. I don't like doing that, but it's, it's so funny how, like, all of our conversations oh. in life now at dinner time, or when you see someone for the first time in ages, things like that, all go towards things like, have you got, have you had COVID, or have you need to wear a mask, <laughs> or whatever? Can you please keep your distance? I just don't like how that's the first point of conversation. And I'm a massive hypocrite here because I do two podcasts, and once a week, we always mention it. You know what I mean? Right. It's off the table. Let's move it's on. Off the table. Speaking of the table, <laughs> uh, we we were discussing something after we finished recording last week with Ewan, which, by the way, thank you again to Ewan and thank you to anybody who listened to last week's episode, Ex Machina. Good film, good episode. Hope we all enjoyed it. It was nice to get the three of us back together again. Um, and when we stopped recording, it would have been actually better if we were recording because it ended up being quite a, a funny brainstorming conversation. Uh, we were talking about some form of ranking system, rating system for the films we're talking about. Um, and what did we go with? We went with the Good Bit Kitchen. You know, you got, we used to have Ewan's Misery Corner, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. We've got sections of this podcast. It's all audio, so it's all in the imagination. Right. Look over to the left, Ewan's Misery Corner. It's been out of action for a while. Look over to the right, we've built a Good Bit Kitchen. And there's everyone five. Loves everyone, everyone loves the kitchen. There's only five things in this kitchen, though. We've got a bin. We've got a George Foreman grill, not a sponsor. We've got the kitchen table. It's it's more of an island, actually. Yeah. And we've got a fridge. And underneath the fridge is a freezer. This is our ranking system. Yes. What we do with the film, we take it, take a DVD, Blu-ray. And we put it into or onto one of these five things in the kitchen. Thus is the ranking. You can imagine bin the worst. <laughs> put it in the bin. Don't like it. In the bin it goes. George Foreman, second worst. Gets an absolute grilling. Melt that. Kitchen table. Plop it down. It's neutral. We don't want it to do with it. It's kind of worse than the bin, you know? Just like, I don't really know. It's not so much worse than the bin. It's it's, it's almost like you don't want to get rid of it, but you don't really know what, where to put it. You like, know, I'll, yeah. I guess I'll keep it. I'll put I it guess there. I'll keep it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fridge. 
It's cool. We like it. We'll watch it again. Very cool. Long time good, but listeners will remember we had a segment called The Fridge for the last two weeks. <laughs> this is going to be forever. And then The Freezer. Absolute brilliance. We want to preserve it forever. We're going to keep it there forever. I, this is kind of loosely based off the cool wall from Top Gear, but we won't talk about that. Um, the cool wall and the uh, the Hall of Fame, the uh, Temple of Boom from Temple of uh, Boom. the Rap Chat, which was hosted by our previous alum here on the Good Bit, Ian Grieve. Exactly. Uh, I think it just it'll be a nice way to bookmark and have a a direction to go at the end of every conversation about every film we we have. So so we wrap up the conversation and and in conclusion, where shall we put it in the Good Bit Kitchen? And we work out where we put it by coming up with an average of our um, of our um, choices. Opinions. So, yeah. for example, top Grand Budapest today is what we're talking about, by the way. Yeah, not mentioned that one yet. Ten, <laughs> ten minutes in, we'll talk. Well, yeah, Grand Budapest. That's the title, you'll get it. Yeah. Um, so if Chris puts it in the bin and I put it in the freezer, it's on the kitchen table, you understand what we mean. We, yes. we both put it, we'll most likely put it in the same place, let's be honest. We do have similar opinions on most things. Most things, not all. Most things. But before we... <laughs> So we've established that. Do you get it? Any questions, email us at uh, whatever it is. Or at us on Twitter. You know the drill. Yeah, at, at us at the good bit pod. Please, we welcome your questions. I don't think you have questions, but we'd love to hear your opinions. Or just text us. Uh, we'll give our numbers out. Um, so you get it. Anyway, before we talk about Grand Budapest, we've got this new system. We should maybe... I don't even, um, even realise we're going to be doing this right now. We don't have to do every film. Because, of course, we've had guests on. Right. Why don't we rank every film that we have done on an episode that's been just us and the ones that have been us and you and or us and Ian, that can that we can summarize that at a later date. Okay, well, my only opinion on that is we have to have an opinion on the films too, so we might as well just give our opinion now. All right. But if it, and, if then, they... and then in future we'll be like, oh, by the way, Ewan's opinion on Ex Machina is the fridge. So we've got to move it up or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you could be two to one or whatever. Yeah. 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 Okay. This is going to be interesting. So the first film, and by the way, this is strictly to season two, which started back in January. So first film of season two was Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Steven Spielberg. I am mm. going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to place Raiders in the fridge. Yes. Okay. I've just realized... We have a problem. Yeah, because you're going to put it in the freezer. No. Well, no. <laughs> well, if I put it in the freezer or on the kitchen table, what do we do with it? <laughs> do we need to have a, an even number? Do we need to have a sixth option? Well, that doesn't matter because then it, you know, if you just put it in the one next to it, what do we do then? Yeah. Maybe it's, it's a rock. Two of, it's only two of us and that's the problem. <laughs> it might be a rock, paper, scissors job. It's not scientific. It's a it's a kitchen. <laughs> but we, can we do rock paper scissors on Zoom? <laughs> we can. We're on Facetime, not Zoom. Sorry, um, yeah. we can do, but we. It's that's not, not scientific. Fair. I know. Oh god. Right. Okay. Yeah, we haven't talked well, about this one very well. We can discuss it. We can discuss it. I think. And you can try to convince each other. Yeah, I'm gonna put it in the kitchen table because I don't really know what to do with it. I previous to watching it would have probably put it in the fridge too, but. I just felt it was a wee bit dated. I don't even know if I said this on the podcast. I was full of talking shit, but I honestly felt um, 
I got a bit bored. It was a bit dated. Really? It wasn't as good as I remembered. It's still Indiana Jones, so I'm going to watch it again. So maybe I should put it in the fridge. But what, yeah, what I will say is that it, obviously it's an 80s film. It came out in 1984, I think. 84? I should know that. No, no comment. I should know that. I should know that. Raiders of the Lost Ark, if my internet decides to go quickly. 1981. Um, it was Terminator that was 1984. Raiders was 1981. So, of its time, revolutionary. And because of that, becomes a cult classic. And I think, because it's so revealed, and is that film that is on ITV4 at 11 o'clock on a Wednesday night, deserves a little bit more credit. You know what? I'm. Uh, I get you. I'm convinced. Uh, I'll put it in the fridge. Plus, I mean, come on, Steven Spielberg, Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, great story. It's okay. nothing amazing. So we've just come up. We've come up with that system right here now. If it's if it's one de- degree of separation between our our picks, we'll have a wee debate. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm fine to concede. Uh, I was a bit underwhelmed because I think I'd revered it a lot in my head because I watched it as a kid. That may but... be the reason. But now when you go back to it again, I bet you'll you'll like yeah. It. Yeah, it's a classic. means a lot to our childhoods and our lives. Uh, let's put it in the fridge. Uh, we'll do a wee graphic. Why not? We'll post a... I don't know. Maybe I can figure that out. I'll try. I have no idea how to do that, but maybe you can do it. I don't even know. Oh, it's in the fridge. It's in the fridge. Knives Out is in the freezer. Oh, God. I think you're premature with that. Freezer, freezer territory for me is... It's a big deal. A really okay, big deal. So, so, so are we being really strict here? Uh, well, it's 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 not scientific, like I say, but you can put it in the freezer if you want. But I'd argue for, for fridge because it's great. I want to watch it again. It's in the fridge, but freezer territory is your our favorite. It's blown. It's changed our lives. It's our favorite okay. movies of all. It's it's Tarantino's. It's Scorsese's. It's right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Okay. Okay. Um, I didn't anticipate this because then it's going to need to be like, um. On Letterboxd, the app that we use to rate films and stuff, I feel like I'm quite generous, and I do give films five stars a lot. Nah, I nah. gave Knives Out five stars on the Letterboxd. Do I, does that mean it's not worthy of the fridge, the freezer? Sorry, I think so. Five stars is different to being in the freezer. That's the holy grail. You think five stars is the holy grail? No, the freezer is the holy oh, grail. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to have to argue that we put it in the fridge. It's, it was a brilliant film. No, you're right, and also it is also new and fresh. So it know? can it can it can mature and get a wee bit funky and uh, grow into itself in the fridge, and then once we got it to that place, we'll see that forever in the freezer, but not now. All right, I can I can live with that. I can live with that. Right, Last Jedi um, is obviously going to be a difficult one because you know we're at two different ends of the spectrum here. You yep. know, I was well prepared to put it in the freezer, but then you said it changed my life. Did not change my life. You know what I mean? Right, there you go. Um, Where are you going to put it? Well, it didn't change my life, so it's got to go in the fridge. Right, well, I'm going to grill it, put it in George Foreman, so it's going right on the kitchen table. Kitchen table, right, okay. I don't fine, know what to do with it. Uh, the Terminator, 1984. Um, I think we're both going to put it in the kitchen table. That's my... That's my. don't know what to do Kitchen with it. table. It's all right, you know. Midnight in Paris. It's moving... From the kitchen table into the fridge. What do you mean by that? Like it's somewhere in between there. Essentially, just the kitchen table. Kitchen if you don't table, have the okay. con- if you don't have the conviction to feel passionate enough to put it in the fridge, it's on the kitchen table. 
I'm just scared this kitchen table's getting off crowded. Untouchables, fridge all day. Yeah, I agree with you. Fridge, get it in the fridge. Ex Machina, much like Midnight in Paris. Currently on the kitchen table, could move to the fridge in the future. I agree with you right there. There we go. Easy days. Okay, we've got that system sorted. It seems flawless. It's absolutely flawless and scientific. Right, well, uh, tell us a little bit about Hermes then. I feel like um, it's become a weekly thing, but now I don't know if it's getting boring, but there you go. Yeah, do tell us if it's getting boring. We we uh, If you're listening to us every week, you may as well give us feedback and we can tailor to your every need. If you want yes. to hear us talk about a film right now, we could if you want. But it's going to be Grand Budapest in a couple of minutes, but let's talk about Hermes first. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I um, Well, listen, I'm moving back to London soon. Oh, really? Is this, a, is this a thing now? Have you yeah. decided? Yeah. Yeah. Soon, probably the end of the month. Okay. It's been a good ride with Hermes. Served me well throughout this uh, lockdown up in Scotland. But it's over. It's officially it's, over or it's not, going to be over? Not officially over, but let me. when I get another email saying, can you come in next week? I'm going to say I'm not free. Uh, I hope they don't listen to this podcast. Uh, I imagine they do. But um, if you do, Leanne from Hermes is a no from me. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I know I'm moving, but... I had an absolute horrific nightmare of a shift on Monday. Which was when we were supposed to record. So horrific, it delayed this very podcast. Yeah. Because I had, well, everything went wrong. And this just tipped me over the edge, to be honest. Combined with the fact that I'm moving back, it's like, all right, enough's enough. <laughs> well, the moving back thing is like, well, you've got no choice but to oh, stop. No choice, but I'm not moving back tomorrow, but I'm not right. taking another shift. Um, you know, I was quite, I was quite optimistic about Hermes when I first joined this podcast, and uh, first joined Hermes, yeah. uh, and and I kind of stick by that. It was good for a wee bit, but it it's got a lot of downsides, uh, especially a shift to like Monday where I had a hundred and thirty parcels or something like that. Okay, so I got there at half eight in the morning, mm-hmm. didn't get home till about eight at night. OMG, that is a long day. And I, I maybe could have made it easier for myself by putting in breaks, but I don't know how you do that because they haven't <laughs> taught me. So I didn't have a break. Oh my God. Did you pee? I had to nip into Tesco twice to pee, which made me late for every single parcel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, can I just say the sat-nav that Hermes wants you to use on their Hermes app <laughs> does not work. Does not work. So I had to individually put in every address into Apple Maps after every delivery and before each delivery, which just took up so much time. It, it was a nightmare. that I would literally, I would be at the end of a cul-de-sac, at a dead end, and I'd be delivering to number 74. And because Hermes puts it in an order for you, so you can do it in order. It, it tracks yeah. it. You can do a route. And I'd go, okay, my next one's in this terrace, like two minutes away, three minutes away, drive all the way there, find the van. It takes more than three minutes because, you know, you know what it's like and you yeah. well, you don't know what it's like. But, and you no, got to scan it, it and you got to deliver it. And then I'd realize, well, I'd, I'd go for the next one and try and put it into Apple Maps and it would take me back to that same cul- end of the cul-de-sac, that dead end I was in, to give it to the next door neighbor. 
of the of the house I deli- like it would just bring me round in circles. Like I could have, while I was just delivering to seventy four, delivered to seventy five because it was right there and I was right there. Yeah, but the system's rubbish and it just <laughs> wastes fuel, wastes time, and I cannot have it. It's not worth it. Don't do it. I I appreciate the journey we've been on with this segment because we started off as you say so optimistic and now it's like don't do it because I said to you in the first time <laughs> we spoke about it I was like obviously Hermes has a bit of a reputation from customers but also past employees that are like it's a mess and you're like oh no well you know it seems okay just now now you're under that impression it's a bit of a mess if 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 they'd given me consistent shifts like like they said they would like three to four a week, it maybe would have been different because I would have just gotten a routine and it, it it is pretty easy and blah, blah. Yeah. But getting sporadic shifts of 130 parcels like once a week and just absolutely <laughs> having a horrific time for about 50 quid. It's just, yeah. I mean, and all the fuel money, it's like, get away with that. No. Yep, you have uh, no business doing that. That's fine. You're supposed to be happy in this tough time. And um, so now you're moving to London, that's fine. And I was, uh, when you said that, I was like, oh no, that means no more good bit, but that doesn't mean that at all. No, doesn't quite mean the contrary. More yeah. good bit now, I don't More know. good bit. <laughs> <laughs> Two episodes a week. That's exciting. You're moving back down. Why have you decided to do that? Just because well, things thing, are opening back up? Things and... are opening back up. And uh, the whole reason we weren't moving is because there was no reason to. We were both yeah. working up here. And um, it was just, would you rather be in lockdown in Scotland or in lockdown in London? You know? But now it'll be a bit different because things will open up, and I'll be able to. We'll be able to meet with friends outside, and we'll be able to play tennis, and you know. Yeah, and within a couple of weeks after you meet people outside, or a couple of months, I should say, you'll have folk indoors again. Exactly. Yeah, uh, and then great. you'll come down, and it'll be great. Yes, that'll be fun. I'll bring the mic again, and we'll do another episode live from London. But we'll, we'll, we'll be good, we'll be because we can sit and watch the film together in your flat, and then do an episode about that film and stuff. That'll be fun. Just like old times. Just like old times. Um, ask me what I've been watching this week, and I promise everybody who's listening for Grand Budapest, we will move, we will move. Oh, whoa! We will move on. Ask me uh, <laughs> what I've been watching this week. What have you been watching this week? Terminator Two. Oh, mm. wait! It's a film you put on the kitchen table. You've gone for the sequel. Yep. Can I just ask, out of curiosity, this is not official Good Bit Kitchen territory because we've not done it together. But where are you going to put it? If you had to. Very high up in the fridge. Oh, wow. You, it was much better then. Much better. Much, much, much better. And everyone says that. You know, that's the common consensus that Terminator 2 is a much better film than Terminator 1 and all that stuff. Terminator 2 is this cult classic, action classic. It's the Godfather 2. It's Empire Strikes yeah. Back. It's, it's it's the better Shrek. one, you know. It's Shrek, yeah. <laughs> um, it just is. I don't really know how to explain it until you Fair see enough. it. I, I bought the Blu-ray. Um, with all these special features there's like two commentaries and two documentaries and all these deleted scenes and different versions of the film and stuff um, and it was just better it's just a m- much bigger budget the acting's better the story's better yeah it's so much better like I can't even I can't even describe like Terminator 1 we watched for the good bit great fine happy to do that because we chose to do it and it was like we're doing it for a reason but um, I might not go back to it every Saturday right you know yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying I'd go back to T2 every Saturday, but I'd go back to it a lot more than the first one. Right. It's the sort of action film that you're happy to go back to and put on and show everybody, you know? Whereas T Terminator 1's a bit like, uh, it's be with it. Cult, cult classic. Cult classic, yeah. 1991, so a good long time after the first film. You know, it's good stuff. That's interesting to hear. I can, can I just re- reiterate everyone who's um, 
up in arms and confused. T2 is not in the official good bit kitchen. But Chris, would he, if he were to put it in there, would put it in the fridge. But it isn't in there. It's, not. it's only films we do. When Terminator 2 is on Amazon coming soon, or Amazon Prime, we'll whatever, whenever it, whenever it does that, we'll get Ian back and we'll do, we'll do that Ian, together. Yeah. yeah, okay, great. Sounds good. Also watched Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire last night uh, mm. for the second time in my life. Random. And it was great. Yeah. I yeah. just finished reading the book. Um, so well, that's what I'm doing, by the way. I'm doing like book film, book film sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, so you are. Um, so I finally finished the book. It took me ages because I started right before Christmas and then I read another book in January and it just took me ages. So I finally finished the book, really enjoyed the book and really enjoyed the film too. Um, um, I had it in my head that President of Azkaban was my favourite Harry Potter, but now it's like, well, I think I enjoyed Goblet of Fire more. I don't know. You are of, I think, I suspect you are of the exact same ilk of Harry Potter fan as me. Grew up with it, enjoyed them, watched them if they're on, but I'm not obsessed with it. I'm not like franchise obsessed like uh, a lot of people. I feel like people who are a wee bit older than us are. Um, Do you like that? We were older. I, 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 like that. I've just been a bit. I think it is. I think because of the age when um, Philosopher's Stone came out. But um, okay, I, I've always feel, felt a bit weird. I don't know when people are like obsessed with Harry Potter. I'm like, wow, I like grew up with those films and I do love those films. But like, I'm not. I calm down. You said um, that about uh, High School Musical when you joined drama college with us. You liked them and you grew up with them. And then we were all obsessed with them. And you were like, "What are you obsessed about High School Musical for?" And then I was like, "Oh well, it changed my life." I mean. Yeah, I don't know, it's weird. I feel like I was obsessed with High School Musical as well. But then I, um, I don't know what you call it. Yeah, grew up. No, I'm sorry, that's, just, that's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> no, um, you're right, you're right, you're right. No, humanuka, humanuka, ukuwuka, apple, ah, you know, come on, I grew up with that. But um, you, can't, you can't go wrong with that. But I mean, I mean, you love Mamma Mia. You know, someone might be like, why do you love Mamma Mia so much? We obsess over Star Wars. People think the same thing about that, you know? Yep, totally agree. Yeah, just just my wee, my, my, my wee, uh, Two cents there on Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's been a good week for me in terms of watching films and stuff. So, and I've also managed to catch the Grand Budapest Hotel, which we can finally talk about. Uh, Wes Anderson, the one and only, uh, twenty fourteen film. So again, another quite modern film. I'll go. We'll go quite dated next time. Don't worry, everybody. Um, Will we? But it's yeah, my choice. this is your choice. Thanks. That's right. Have you got one in mind, or oh, tell me at the end? But have you got one in mind? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so yes, Grand Budapest. How many times have you seen it now? Oh, that must be the fourth or fifth. Mm. Because I think I talked about this at the time. Like when I I discovered Grand Budapest Hotel as I like I discovered Wes Anderson along with that, so that was kind of the right. big deal. Kind of like Hateful Eight, Tarantino, you know, not their breakout film, but just when I discovered the them. breakout one for you, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and I think at the time I'd of course never seen a film like that so I watched it like three times <laughs> consecutively like what this is incredible um, so and, and I think I'm, I am I, I knew I, I knew the I remembered the film like so clearly I think because as soon as I watched it I just watched it over and over yeah um, so that that did I was struck by that because I because when you when you mentioned Grand Budapest, I didn't. I didn't go. Oh yeah, I really want to watch Grand Budapest because I still feel like I've just seen it because I watched right. it three or four times in a row when I first watched it. Um, but yeah, it introduced me to Wes Anderson. 
So it's a big film for you then. So, big, yeah, big film for me. Big film. I knew, you know, it would be it's an easy one for us to watch, you know. I knew yeah. it was a pretty safe choice. And this was my choice this week. And the reason that I choose this, I choose this, the reason I chose this, it's a the brand new Criterion <laughs> Blu-ray release that you have in front of me here. And I'm showing Aaron right now on FaceTime. Oh, um, wow. This one came out. It's the, uh, I, I talked about it on my YouTube channel. If you want to go and see there, CM42 TV, the link will be in the description box. Very nice, cool edition of uh, Grand Budapest that just was released by Criterion. And uh, just because of that, I wanted to watch it. Yeah. Knew we both liked it, thought it was a safe film, and went with it. And this is my third time watching the film. I saw it. It was funny, my mate uh, discovered this like dodgy website in like 2015. And he was like, mate, you need to look at this website because you can watch any film ever on oh, this website. God. And I was like, okay, sounds good. And uh, I went on it. He was right. You could watch lots of films. And it was all like around that time, like Birdman and uh, Whiplash and The Theory of Everything around that time. So 2014, 2015. I think I watched Birdman for the first time on that very website. <laughs> Right. Which is bizarre to think about. It's so funny because like it like took off at the time, and then everyone—I mean, people like clogged onto it, and then it got shut down because yeah. too many people were using it. So I watched Grand Budapest on my phone. Jesus Christ! Yeah, for the first time on that website. Um, I must have watched Birdman on my phone for the first time too. What the hell? Here. So yeah, so Grand Budapest was my choice of film, and it's just a joy to watch. I think, um, I think I enjoyed it the most this time round. Out of the three times I'd watched it before, or the two times I'd watched it before, it's just the easiest film to watch. It's like it's only an hour and thirty nine minutes, so it's not long. It's so quick, not just dialogue wise, but pacing with the music and the way the camera moves. It's just so easy to watch, and it's the perfect film to literally just stick on. And but not on your phone. Don't do but that. Not on your phone. Absolutely not. Especially. Because Especially it's Wes, Anderson. Wes Anderson's it, yeah. like, imagery, like, oh. But then I didn't know that at the time, though. You know what I mean? Like, I watched the I know, because I just I know. thought it was, and I was like, this would probably look really good in my big telly. I feel like that's a grown-up thing. Like, I used to just watch stuff on my phone, and now, yeah. like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm wasting. If I was watching, like, an iconic movie for the first time, oh. Absolute nightmare going on right now. Chris Moff. Are you Okay. I fine. I fine. I just, I was, uh, my mouth was a little bit dry. Are you getting nervous? <laughs> <laughs> I took a drink of water and I just kind of went like, like, in my, <laughs> like round in my mouth and make sure to get some moisture in my mouth. And then a bit of water went ding and landed on my nice new Grand Budapest glory. Oh no. Oh no. Carry on. Uh, I don't know what I was saying. You're saying it's a grown-up thing, like you watch things on your phone and then you go, And then you realise, hang on a second, I'm wasting I'm wasting this precious movie. But but even I, I get weird about like watching movies I, I think I take it too far because I sometimes I'm like I can't just sit like now and like watch this iconic movie. I have to be ready and all set up right. and have a wee snack and maybe like I'm, I get a bit obsessive about it. I think it's too far. I, I should rain. I, I do too. And now listening to it, it sounds ridiculous. And you're so right. Like it's too far. You know? Yeah, it's too far. I mean, I remember. This, I, I think this is crazy. I wouldn't do this now, but I maybe should. But I remember watching Pulp Fiction for the first time because it was on Netflix. Just like I think I, I must have been back from college. And I think Mum was cooking me tea, cooking tea, 
and it was going to be an hour and a half or something. There's a roast. So I was like, oh, I'll watch Pulp, Pulp Fiction. And I was like, what? <laughs> you can't just watch Pulp Fiction for the first time, <coughs> waiting for tea to be ready. You have to, but I did. And you liked it. <laughs> oh, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I always, I get jealous of people that have lunch Sunday, it's raining outside, let's watch a film. I'm like, no, like, you need to, you weren't ready for this. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, I need to go and like, maybe watch like the football or do some editing or something or read. I know. We'll watch a film later. We should get over that because we won't watch as many we films. We so need to go over that. We need to go over that. Absolutely. I don't know why I do that. And I always get really impressed when people watch like three films a day. <laughs> I'll be, how have you done that? You know nah. what I mean? Um, no, it's it's an issue for me. Probably I can imagine for you too. I get a bit nitpicky and obsessive about things, and then I, then I can only have it one way. Uh, yeah. I have to be. It has to be night. It has to be. I have to really look at take in the phone, take in the film, and I have to have not not look at, not look at my phone. Well, you shouldn't do that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then, and and then also... you end up you end up not watching any movies because you can't be arsed really getting in that set up place. You're just <laughs> absolutely. You get it comes like past ten o'clock and you're going. It's a bit late. <laughs> it's a bit late. I can't. I can't. I'm too a bit too tired to take in this classic film right now or any film. But you're film, right. and, you, you know, know, we should also make it clearly: like, if you fall asleep watching a film, it's all right. The film's not going to disappear. <laughs> Well, well, I feel like it's yeah. like a one and only chance to watch it. You know, it needs to, it needs to be right. And it's, it's all because it's all about the experience. That's what I've learned. It's, but you're right. There is though. But but then part of the Pulp Fiction memory for me is sitting in my house, having tea, nearly ready, watching this iconic film. That is a good. Me- that is a brilliant memory for me. So good experience. I, I should yeah. get over it. But then if you're in a bad mood, had a bad day at work, too tired, then you might dislike the film because of it. It might be on, you know, in, in the in the George Foreman. Yeah, I, I don't like watching a film when I'm in a particularly bad mood. But I would say if you're in a particularly bad mood, it's, uh, it's not a bad idea to stick on Grand Budapest. Absolutely. In terms of Wes Anderson, though, as you say, this is the film that introduced me to him. Actually, it's not. I just realised that. Fantastic Mr. Fox was the first film that introduced me. But I just thought that was another animated film. I didn't realise yeah. it was a stylized animated film. I just thought, you know, the way like Disney films are, they look a certain way and this doesn't look like Disney, so it just must be another company. But yeah. it turns out it's the style of Wes Anderson. Um, so then when I realised that, oh, this is the same guy that did Fantastic Mr. Fox and it's kind of shot the same way. And you know the way he moves the camera where it just kind of like, it kind of like, gl- like glides about. Yeah. You know, quick pan. Quick pan back and forth to the characters' faces and we're moving rooms. So it goes and it goes to another room. It feels like I'm on a, a like a, like a, a ride on like a, like a theme park or something like that. Yeah. But not like a big roller coaster and like a simulator. You yeah. know what I mean? Like a, like in the Simpsons ride in Universal Studios or something like that, where it's like you're, you're not moving. <laughs> you're sitting in the same speed seat, but because everything around you is moving like that and so smoothly, you feel like you are moving. It kind of, not as extreme as that, obviously, but I just love the way he moves the camera, where it's like we're moving up the stairs. So instead of like just cutting to the character walking up the stairs, the camera walks up the stairs with you, but in this really smooth kind of way. And I thought this film is a great example of that because of his beautiful imagery and the symmetry of the shots and stuff. And obviously you get films like Moonrise Kingdom and Rushmore and Bottle Rocket and these films that he's done that are a lot the same of that. Um, but because it's a hotel, you know, and the way it's shot and the fact it's like up on top of mountains and all this thing, it just looks better. So when he does things like that and moves the camera in that way and the characters like run and walk in the way they run in these films, it looks more effective because of the setting and yep. mapping. Yep, I agree. Um, I think there's something to be said probably psychoanalytically about um 
the way the symmetry and the way his films are kind of you know they're kind they're in our world but they're in not in our world and they're in like Tarantino yeah like Tarantino but the way it's just there's so much order and symmetry and pleasing yeah. like things in the right place for our our eyes our brains they just like that um this, I don't know there's something to be said for this I don't know if he's he's he seems like a really hyper intelligent guy I think I'm yeah. sure he's thought about this like um uh, maybe we crave I mean that's the, that's the reason we one of the reasons we like stories so much. Like we want things to be laid out for us and want to see, you know, experience things in an orderly fashion, like sort things out in our brain. I just feel like Wes Anderson's does that to the max with the world he creates. Like, yeah, a film to and watch. And why, when we go on holiday, say, or when we could go on holiday, why do we take pictures of nice landscapes and nice backgrounds and look at the view from my room and stuff like that because it's pleasing and could it's like look at the view i had you want to show people yeah you know it's almost like that but he's not taking pictures of his, of his holiday he's he's making them himself in films to show us like look at this amazing landscape look at this amazing place it's like an, i've created an instagram film it's like exactly that it's like why did we post pictures like that on instagram to kind of brag about the fact that we're able to see these things. So he's the Grand, sharing that with us. The Grand Budapest, like, logo, you know, like, the the hotel itself, it kind of has, it's the same color scheme as the Instagram logo yeah, as well. Yeah. I don't know, it just feels, like, well, Instagram, in terms of aesthetically pleasing, that kind yeah. of Instagram, I'm not talking about other types of Instagram, but, um, yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, we're obsessed with that these days. Look, things looking pretty. Thing, if 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 an article has a pretty, symmetrical, lovely photo, you're more inclined to read it. If a YouTube video has a pretty, symmetrical, like thumbnail. enticing thumbnail, you'll watch it, no matter what. Yeah, the content necessarily is. Um, yes, we crave order these days. Yeah, good point. Really good point. And I just think you know all of his other films. I think Ale of Dogs is the only one I've seen in the cinema and that was an experience because it's the same sort of thing but again back to that fantastic Mr. Fox animation um, I love the way that it looks in terms of like the dogs and stuff like that but what I love is he has his group of cast you know his yeah. group of actors some actors do that or some directors do that whether it be Tarantino or whoever they use similar actors all the time and I watched the behind the scenes thing on this Grand Budapest Criterion Blu-ray um about like Wes Anderson working, and you got to see it. I don't know if it, maybe it'll be online somewhere. Very interesting. Have you ever seen much of him himself working, Wes Anderson, like in action, directing people? No. He's very like how you would imagine him. You know, Mis- how he's thought about all these shots. Meticulous. And he's like he's like sitting, he's going, yeah, and you could maybe do this. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Hold it there. Okay. And he's yeah, like he's like wow. quite eccentric and particular and stuff. So that was really interesting, um, and it's good that he can be like that because he has his cast of characters, he has his cast of actors that know him and know his style and knows what he wants and knows what he likes and knows the type of things that they need to do to please the director. You know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I feel like every actor, and it must be something he says, like, do not do anything. Just be yourself, say the lines. Like, mm. they're not particularly putting on a character, per se. They're just, they wear the costume they say the lines, they are in the world, and it works. Like, like they might look a wee bit different. Like, um, uh, Willem Dafoe, obviously, he's got his makeup mm. and he's doing his sort of physical um, menacing thing. 
but he does just say the lines like Willem Dafoe. Um, yeah. And I feel like that must be a, a Wes Anderson thing that he says because um, every performance is just sort of say it, say it as you speak. No accents, no, you know, bold, crazy choices yeah. just fit in the world other than Tilda Swinton. You know that bit? Did you know Tilda Swinton was in this film? No, until you've said that. That's brilliant. Because she's the only one I can think of who really does a, a, a outrageous, completely different performance because she always does that. Um, mm. That is completely different to her. She's the old lady who okay. who dies. Yeah. yeah, okay. I got that now. It's Tilda Swinton. Who would know? Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Um, but yeah, I feel like that's a must be a Wes Anderson direct direction. Yeah, you're right. Um, we have... As always, as I say, you know, he has that cast of characters, but every so often he may add one or he's got these big names and that sort of thing. So you have people like Ray Fiennes. Is it Ray Fiennes? Ralph Fiennes? They call him Ray from Goblet of Fire. Ray Fiennes, yeah. Yeah, Ray Fiennes. Uh, F. Murray Abraham, uh, Willem Dafoe, Jeff Goldblum, Jude Law, Bill Murray, Edward Norton, Sasha Ronan, Tilda Swinton, apparently. Um, <laughs> we have Aidan Brody. Adrian Brody. Brody. Yeah. Um, Matthew Amalric. Um, superb cast, and I love the fact that Jeff Goldblum pops up as well, and it's just it's just Jeff Goldblum and gets his fingers chopped off. He he fits really so funny. nicely into the Wes Anderson into the universe. Absolutely, universe. if there was ever an actor that fits into Wes Anderson, it's him. Um, I also thought Adrian Brody the kind of same way I thought two weeks ago that um I haven't seen. This is just maybe my lack of uh film watching, but I haven't seen. Adrian Brody play a baddie very much, and he is right. brilliant at it. Same way I haven't seen De Niro play a baddie that much, and he is brilliant at it. Yeah. Um, uh, Adrian Brody, um, let's see what he was in. Midnight in Paris, he was in Midnight in Paris. Yeah. He wasn't played Salvador Dali in that. He was in Predators, The Experiment, Mr. Fantastic Mr. Fox, uh, uh, The Brothers Bloom. The Darjeeling Limited, King Kong. Oh yes, King Kong. The Pianist. The what? Um, the Pianist. Okay. The Thin Red Line. Six Ways to Sunday. Yep. He's in a lot of films. He's in a lot of films, the boy. Method yes, actor he, he is. He goes all is he, the way. Is he really? I didn't know that. Well, the Pianist like um, destroyed his life, I think. <laughs> because okay. I haven't seen it. I don't really want to. I feel like it, it, uh, the things he did for it. Um, I don't really want to watch that, but I should. Um, he like sold all his like possessions. What? I don't. Maybe I don't. He's, I don't know. He he sold all his possessions. Um, broke up with his girlfriend and moved. Uh, moved country. I can't remember where he moved. This is and in real life, not in the film. In real life, to prepare for the film, um, to, and and just lived in a shack with no nothing and starved himself and just put him through put himself through physical and psychological hell to mm. capture, I think he's a Holocaust uh, victim or su- survivor um, in the film. I don't really know, but um, it, it clearly required something of him that was, that was, he felt he needed to do that. And and he, right. he says in an interview um, I read the other day, like he's still not over it. Wow. Really interesting. Interesting. Um, any other particular performances in the film that you thought were particularly great? Oh, there's loads of them, but just anyone you want to point out? Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I mean Ray Fiennes is great. <laughs> he's great. He's always great. Um, it reminded me of uh, Hail Caesar. Um, <laughs> right. He's great in that too, in a very similar way. Do you remember that? You yeah. didn't like that film, and I loved it. I remember I that. Well, I, you know, it's not that I didn't like it. I, it was it was the bad experience. I was tired, and I didn't connect with it. In a bad <laughs> if mood. I watched it now, I bet I'd like it. Yeah. Um, Tilda Swinton's in that film too. Really? Um, so is, uh, what's his face? What's his face? The guy who did the um, Loki. Guy yeah, Loki. The... What? Oh, Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. It was coming to me there. Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, Is he in Hail Caesar? Oh, no, he's in High Rise. <laughs> <laughs> he's not in Hail Caesar. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Those two films come out at the same time. There you go. Sorry. I always get them mixed up. Um... <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, I love the bit where they're like, are you Mr. Gustav for the Grand Budapest Hotel? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it does it like three or four times. He goes, uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's so funny. Sasha Ronan thinks she's my favourite actress. Of all time? No, not of all time. But well, currently, what, yes. What do you mean? Oh, currently working actress. Currently working, I think it's Sasha Ronan. Well, then who's your favourite of all time then? Don't know. Don't know. That's a big question. That's a big question. I'll just say Meryl Streep since you're here. You don't have to do that. <laughs> I don't have an answer. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't I don't seen have a, a good actor. Meryl Streep film in ages. Can we just talk favorite. about that? Okay. I'm going to go on IMDb right now. What has she been in I recently? I, I do, but... She was nominated. She was in The Post with Tom Hanks, which was a little bit boring. I did not like that film. Yeah, it was so boring. Um, no, she was in Little Women a tiny oh. bit. I really loved that film, but she was in it a tiny bit. The Laundromat, I uh, didn't see that, but it didn't... Um, I don't know if it went down very well. Mamma Mia, obviously, but I mean, you don't watch Mamma Mia for the great Meryl Streep performance, do you? Right. You watch Mamma Mia because of Mamma Mia. The Post, uh, Florence Foster Jenkins was probably the last time I watched a new Meryl Streep film and was like, you know, for Meryl Streep's amazing talent, you know, not, not just the film. So since yeah. then, she hasn't, what's she been doing? She was in Big Little Lies, but that's HBO, so I can't watch that. She was, right. she's, she was in The Prom, I'm not going to watch that. Come on, Meryl. I want to see her in a starring role doing something courageous. Courageous doing something different. Come on, Meryl. You can't just be Mamma Mia all the time. There you go. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Meryl, yes, Meryl. I thought, I thought... It's okay. Sorry. Yeah. It's fine. I don't, when you were saying like favourite actress of all time, I don't think I have a favourite actor of all time. I usually say Rowan Atkinson, but, you know, it's just more of an inspirational thing. It's not yeah. as if it's like I love all of his performances, you know. Uh, always found it interesting how they use Tony Revolori Revolori uh, as Zero when he's um, portraying the role of, you know, by Mr. Mustafa, if you will. Uh huh. Um, I thought we thought that was an interesting choice. What did you make of that? Uh, are you talking about? Sorry, I'm getting the actors' names up in front of me. Are you talking about? Um... Yeah, the bell, the bellboy. Oh right, young, young Zero. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was. He's brilliant. Um, what he's has brilliant. he done? He's absolutely brilliant. What has he done since? I. He's in Spider Man. He's in these like ah. kind of annoying cast, uh, the annoying high school guy who thinks he's cool in, in the new Spider Man films. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, he's, he's grown up, isn't he? Yeah. That's well, crazy. this film was seven years ago. I know. It doesn't seem like that long ago. No. Um, so I thought that was good. Um, I love the, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but I love the escape from the, the prison. Oh, you can't see that, no one. Yeah, you know well, when Sh- I was Shawshank like escape, I, but as, in such a light-hearted. Way. As that was happening, I was thinking, 
I would like to see Shawshank Redemption again because I've only watched that once. I watched it within the last 365 days, but I will watch it for the good bit. Well, since we're coming up to the 48-minute mark now, why don't I just have a look and see if... um... I believe it is on Netflix, I think. I think. No. No, okay. (laughs) Try again. Should we try Prime Video? Get in touch. Uh, Let us know. Is Shawshank Redemption uh, on a streaming service? Please email in. It won't be too late. No, not that we're going to find out in about 20 seconds. No, it's not on Prime. Right. Is it on Star now? On Disney Plus? Maybe. Star now is the acting agency in London. Sure. Nah. Right, well, that's a no for Shawshank. I wasn't (laughs) wasn't that bothered. Um, You get Sky Movies? No. uh, No. Although, yeah. when I did put Shawshank Redemption into Netflix, these are the movies that came up. 12 Years a Slave. Now, I haven't seen that. Me neither. The Green Mile. Now, I haven't seen that. Me neither. Classics. Seven. Now, I haven't seen that. You've not seen Seven? Uh-uh. We should do Seven at some point. Shutter Island. Now, I haven't seen that. Me neither. I've wanted to for a while. Um, when you talk about the film, though, we've hardly even touched on the film. We're already speaking about the next one. Uh, yeah. I don't know what else to say. It was good. I liked that. It was good. How did you watch it? Did you watch it with the fam? Nah, I watched it on my phone, like while I was driving. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why your shift took so long the other day. I was trying to watch Grand Budapest. No, I watched it uh, in the evening time with the fam. Yeah, just how I liked it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Don't know what else to say. I, I've I've formed all my opinions um, and was blown away about this film many years ago, and I stick by right. them. Nothing changed for me. Um, I did like seeing the um, the sort of um, Hungarian esque Budapest baths that they have in the oh, yeah. hotel. Um, and having been to Budapest uh, uh for a short time, um, that brought uh, brought some nice memories. Uh, in the baths there, it is is very much like that. There's all these, there's all these tiles and huge big rooms with these hot springs and. Um, Interesting. Bring back memories of that. I remember when I was there, because it's all hot spring powered or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh huh, uh huh. Um, so really, if you think about it, especially during these times, what a, I mean, and, and it's busy, and there's everyone in these baths together, and right, how crazy is that? How crazy and very unsanitary. Um, <laughs> but and they do like parties in there at, at night time as well. God knows was in the water. Anyway, um, God, yeah, that's cancelled. Um. But I remember going into a sauna, kind of just like, it was like, you know that scene where they're both sitting in the bath? Mm-hmm. Um, it's literally like one of those, when there was a door off this big cavernous tiled room, like they're in. And as I said, sauna. And um, I remember, no, not sauna, a steam room. That was it. Right. Of course, it's hot spring. And I've, I, I, I like steam rooms. Whenever there's a steam room, I'm straight in. Whatever. I'll sit there and breathe in the air. <laughs> good for you or whatever and i opened the door and walked in and i literally it was like i felt on like i was on fire and it, wow i don't know if it's because of a hot spring and you can't control i don't know but i remember just going in and going nope straight out and people were sitting in there and i was like how because i've That's crazy i've been in some hot saunas steam rooms sorry but that was mental so if you're ever in budapest 
try out one of their steam rooms, and I, I know they're all like this. It's a fact. Okay. <laughs> It'll blow yeah. your mind off. You just feel like you're on fire. That's fun. <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, I would love to visit a hotel like this. It's beautiful. However, I, hotels, I think... don't you? No, is what I was about to say. Oh. I, I like the idea of hotels. I like being safe in hotels. I think they slightly creep me out. Are you serious? Yeah, I see all the narrow corridors and that. Right. <laughs> I think they. I, I think it makes me a little bit claustrophobic. I love, listen, on a, on a holiday in a resort or something, not a resort. I mean, if you go to a nice fancy hotel on holiday and, you know, everyone's there and you're going out to the pool and all that sort of thing. Lovely. Don't know. Like kind of lower class hotels and stuff, I, I think they scare me a little bit. Well, what, what are you talking about? A travel lodge? Yeah, or like a, like, yeah, or like a, I don't know. It's all the kind of like everything looking the same. Um, For me, colors. A, a nice travel lodge, I, I even like that. I don't know. I like the feeling of being a hotel. I'd say Premier Inn and above, I'm, I'm happy as Larry. I okay, really like fine. it. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. That's fine. Premier, I've been to Premier Inn's always been fine. Um, I want to be more of a traveller and now that things are opening up and I think we've all taken things for granted and now hindsight, you know, the, the way the world is now, you know, we are going to appreciate travelling more, I think, going forward. I think we all are. I want to embrace that more and go and do these things, you know, and that means I'm going to have to stay in probably some dodgy hotels and I'll go over my fear. Maybe I'll go to the Cecil Hotel. Oh, yeah, we talked about that last week. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, I remember when I had a house fire in 2011, 2012. Your house was on fire? My house was on fire. Uh, quite a large portion of it. Uh, was it a steam room or was it just... It wasn't a steam room. No. Uh, so we had to move out of our house for six months. Wow. I feel and like you have told me that. I just didn't remember that. Yeah. Uh, quite uh, traumatic, I must say, uh, when it happened. But uh, we won't talk about that. Um, and I remember, um, obviously, we had to move into another place for the mm -hmm. time. But in the the week, I think the two weeks after the initial fire, when we were literally like displaced, uh, couldn't had no home, um, we, I think, we bartered, or my family bartered with the insurance company to because we hadn't had a claim or whatever. I don't know. We got put up in Creef Hydro Hotel. I have been there. You have? Yes. With me? No. Why would I be with you? I don't know. I feel like I've taken you. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, yes. We were in Creef Hydro Hotel for two weeks when we had no house. And it was November and it was absolutely empty, pretty much apart from us. And I had the time of my life. Sounds a lot of fun. And, and... On the first night, we were in Creef Hydro Hotel after our house burnt down. <laughs> in the middle of the night, the fire alarm goes off in the hotel and everyone has to evacuate. Oh, man, maybe it's you guys. And absolutely, you know, just like, what? No way. Are you That's kidding crazy. me? I don't know. I, don't, I can't remember why. There wasn't a fire. Well, maybe there was a little one. but There's big, yeah. like, uh, massive chess pieces and stuff outside, aren't there? Yeah, where, making... why have you been there? I just went there for like an overnight when I was younger with my parents, yeah. Ah, it's a creef. Yeah. That's weird. I don't know why they chose there, to be fair, but there you go, we did. That's nice. That was like 2008 or something, yeah. I'll so take you to creef. We'll go to creef, Hydro. 
That's fine. We could, uh, oh, we could, we could go. We could. I was going to say we could double date, but maybe it'd be good if it was just me and you. Yeah, we'll just do one a single date, me and you. <laughs> a single date, and all we'll do is watch movies and record six episodes of the Good Bit. Listen, we're going to do a live Good Bit stream from the Creef Hydro Hotel. <laughs> uh, I, I was, I'm a former employee of Creef Hydro Hotel. Did you not know? I didn't know that. No, there you go. Like, sometimes you come out with these things, and I'm like, why did I not know that? Like your house being on fire. I'm sure you know. Well, maybe you didn't. I did know that. But I don't know why I bring it up. Um, yeah, yeah. Creef Hydro Hotel goes way yeah. back for me. Maybe one day. All right. Well, there you go, ladies and gents. That was another episode of the Good Bit. Where are we placing in Grand Budapest, by the way? I'm confident and happy to put it. My my gut is fridge. I understand the argument for putting it in the freezer. Yes. Listen, if we're talking changing lives here, that's putting hardly anything in the freezer. That's that's the point of the freezer. Okay. It's a big freezer, though. And it's a wee freezer. Okay, it's a wee freezer. Big fridge, wee freezer. Big fridge, wee freezer, even bigger kitchen table. Okay, but we're talking about we're putting Grand Budapest now officially, it's in the fridge. Is that, yeah, yeah, you're happy with that? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. It's in the, the, um... The top shelf of the fridge. The top shelf with all the nice cheese. <laughs> yeah. So, and next to the biscuit box. Okay, well, thank you very much for listening, everybody, to another episode. We hope you are all well, and we hope you're all enjoying watching films with us here in the new season of The Good Bit. It's Aaron's choice next week. We may or may not be joined by someone else. We never know the plan, uh, but we'll let you know when we do and what film that's going to be next week right here on The Good Bit Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you then. Bye.